Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Talking past the mic, I was just talking past the mic. I talked towards the mic, but past the mic, I talked past the mic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the podcast where we come up with five sketch ideas. I'm Andy. And I am Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. And thank you for inserting our words where they deserved to be heard. In your head. In your head, in the, in the nog. In, in the, the nog hole. In the nog hole. A um, nog log. A nog log, yeah. right, is when you uh, you say something really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the idea of a nog log is itself a nog log. <laughs> it's what a, it's a self. What is it? There is a word for words that are examples of themselves. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any apart from nog log right now. Nog log. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what uh, about onomatopoeia? No, that's not one. No. No, those are words that sound like the. I know. Thing, I was. That was an attempt at humor. Well, but I appreciate you mansplaining onomatopoeia to me. Uh, I, I didn't actually get to mansplain, Alistair, because you interrupted me. I did before I could. <laughs> uh, well, it's because I was I was very manderstanding that uh, <laughs> that we were fucking around or manking around. Mm. <laughs> um. Look, yeah, uh, Alistair. Oh no, I shouldn't bring this up before the podcast. Oh my god! No, you don't want to talk about that. Okay, no, I. No, well, you go, I mean, you go. this is this is horrendous. So I apologize to anybody who decided to choose this podcast to show to anybody. Yeah. Um, I have a fr- Mum, Dad, I've got a new favourite podcast. Sit down, take a big glass of water. I'm about to reveal to you the things that I value and that define me as a person. All right, hit play, skip forward 30 seconds, let's go. All right, well, I, I did a shit that didn't smell like it came from me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Andy likened it to when you people have a limb that they don't recognize as their own and want to have it cut off. And it was very similar in how I wanted to yeah, or, get rid of that. Or maybe that. A, a mother who um, who knows that f- feels like their child was swapped in the hospital. Yeah. Or uh, as... I an, felt like my shit was swapped yeah. in the toilet. <laughs> in the bowl. In the bowl. Um, or uh, <laughs> is, it, is it possible, mm-hmm. Alistair, tell me if I'm wrong here, that your anus... Is mm-hmm. a portal uh, to so far, somebody else's anus. <gasps> that's a possibility. Yeah, and but that that just happened in a kind of Freaky Friday way yeah. last night. <laughs> that rather did than you ch- put in a, a haunted butt plug last night? No, no but no. there could have been some lightning somewhere. That, yes, that s- swapped rectums with between me and possibly my father. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> and so now I'm going to go to his job. Yes. Okay. And, and go to the toilet there. <laughs> and then he's going to go where I work and use the bathrooms there so that nobody can tell the difference. Our All colleagues. Right. So, so if there's... I mean, now I don't know how you would ever feel good about yourself having made this as a sketch. Yeah. But is there a sketch in somebody who, much like your experience just now, is convinced that their shit isn't theirs, right? And I guess goes to a doctor or something, takes the shit with them in a jar, uh, tries to convince... Like the doctor takes a shit with them. Like they, they both <laughs> shit into a jar. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Let me walk you through this. One one doctor, uh, one patient, one specimen jar. It's the new version of Two Girls, One Cup. Yeah. Because, I mean, the world needs more references to Two Girls, One Cup. That's a contemporary thing that people should be. Two um, people, one jar, specimen jar. Mm. Um, <laughs> but they go and, like, I don't know, they're trying, they're, they're, they start a public campaign to, like, Work out what's happened. Uh, yeah. Maybe get Facebook vo- attention somehow behind them. So what, like... Uh, this is sort of a- along the lines of the, 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 the mother who thinks that their child has been swapped or something. Yeah, but what, like... And they just take a photo of their shit and say, yeah. this, this is isn't mine, mine Yeah, uh, but it came out of my body and can... Can anyone, can you share this around so that we can find who owns these? <laughs> yeah, and I guess maybe they'd be photos of, look. The inside of their anus? The inside of their could, anus. Could like, could be? this have come from there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't think that this is what, I don't think this is the inside of my own anus. Oh, wow. So maybe that's what they've, that's the conclusion that, that, that they, after further inspection, they think that yeah. the inside of their own anus has disappeared, so, or has changed, is swapped. So have they had some? They've had some kind of butt swap. Yeah. With the. And how do we get to the bottom of this? Like, how do we, how do we resolve this? What has actually happened? Maybe the, a doctor says, "Did you maybe change your diet a little bit?" Yeah. And you go, "Oh yeah, I did start eating a lot more ramen." Well, then that's probably it, and they leave. Mm. Right, and then a strange person in like a, you know, black suit, with maybe let's say no face, Whoa. But steps sunglasses. out from behind the door, yeah, and hands the doctor a briefcase oh. full of money, <gasps> and they say, "Thank you for your cooperation." How do they say it with no face? Well, we hear the sound, like it appears just in our mind. I know. I don't know how we achieve that. For the viewing audience, yeah, but no, it's but like the, they maybe, create. Mm. It could be like a, it's like it's coming from everywhere, um, and but you know the the camera shot is on their face. Mm. Thank you for your cooperation. He had to be a cool effect as well, though. Mm. Like that, they don't they don't say anything because mm. they don't have a mouth. They just get out a little dictaphone, and they put it down on the table and they press play. And the tape whirs around and it says, thank you for your cooperation. And then they press stop 
and they take the dictaphone and they put it back in their pocket and they walk away. That's real spooky. It's spooky, isn't it? Yeah, no, look, Andy, this is now a sketch. Yeah. This is now even maybe a sci-fi sketch. Yeah. (laughs) Experience. (laughs) That could be in the upcoming Two in the Think Tank show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Andy Matthews and Alastair Tremblay Birchall. The Andy Matthews and Alastair Tremblay Birchall sci-fi sketch comedy experience. That's right. Um, but with no comedy. I always put comedy in there. No, you it. always put comedy. And there might be comedy in the show, but there's not comedy in the title. That's right. It's um, a really dry title. We're playing what they call a straight bat in terms of the title. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the straightest bat mm-hmm. you've ever um, seen. But um, Back but down the pitch. I think the for the first time, we now have a link that sells tickets. There is a link, and show. we'll put it in the description of the show below. If anybody wants to come, it's like in between the 25th of March. 28th, I think. 28th of March and the... the 8th, 8th of April. Of April. Oh, I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I have been doing a bit of admin for the show recently. Yeah. And uh, that, 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 those are the dates that stuck in my mind. So, look, to be, to be on the safe side, yeah. if you booked a ticket, we'd be happy if you booked a ticket between the 8th and the 5th. So that's that's the period that both Alistair and I. So the twenty eighth and the fifth. That's the period that both Alistair and I are confident that the show is definitely on. Yeah. And then if you feel like taking a gamble and you want to book it between the twenty fifth and the twenty eighth, or mm-hmm. the fifth and the eighth. Yeah. If you want to try and do something impossible, either one or other of us. Yeah. Could be right about that as well. Sure. So you could come in that period of time. But yeah. look, all of this can be resolved if you visit the link below to the comedy festival website and book some tickets through trybooking.com. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, succeedbooking.com. Absolutely. Why try when you Why could try? just do? Exactly. Do booking. Do booking. So I've Go written booking. down not my shit. And, um, Great. Not without my shit. That's a similar, <laughs> that's more like not without my daughter, well, where a person gets taken to the Middle East and then their partner goes crazy and becomes really dominant mm. and then expects them to not. Leave, leave uh, to you know not leave them, but or not take a shit or something, or or take a shit and then flush it. Yeah, and then well, the other thing that could happen in the not not my shit is yeah. a sort of a, a not without my shit kind of a thing where at the end we reunite the person with their actual shit because it is somebody else's shit. Oh yeah, right, and then they get given it in a bag and they take it home and they put it in the toilet and they flush it. And oh, that's so that's the good. End. Yeah, it's that's quite a, good a nice ending. resolution. Absolutely, that's it's poetry. So anyway, to everybody who's listened to this, I apologize. <laughs> um, the reason why I got self-conscious about this yeah. is because I have a friend who said that uh, at her work, they would make pottery and uh, they would listen to podcasts out loud. <laughs> oh, no. And she decided, hey, I, I like this podcast. <laughs> and she decided to put on our podcast. And it's the one where we just started talking about long tits oh. for, for the first 10 minutes or so. And uh, and then she's oh, like, no. "I'll just take it off." They ne- they never normally talk about this. Oh, they never normally talk about long tits. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, isn't it? Like, we it's not, but we never normally talk about anything except for maybe multiple universe theory or something like that. Yeah, yeah. this is the official podcast of the Many Worlds Theorem. That's right. Um, do you, Alistair? I've seen a lot of people, this is a new trend, right, online, mm-hmm. where people who, like, are excited about a movie, it seems like, 
not only do they not want spoilers for the movie, but they don't want to know anything about the movie, right? Yeah. Like they don't want to know the like they don't want to see a trailer, they don't want to see a teaser trailer, they don't want to see any promotional art for the movie or anything like that, mm. right? Like it's people who are so into the movie that they don't want to know anything they about it. They just want to know that it exists. Yeah. But just the name. Maybe yeah. n- do they sometimes the name can give some stuff away. I feel away. like that could be a giveaway. Mm. Yeah. And then so and, and and I'm wondering like is there something in that? And as a little sidebar, yeah. Is there something in if you could watch it like a teaser trailer or a trailer for the next five years of your life or something, would you watch it? Just watch one trailer mm. for five years. No. No. It's a trailer that gives you hints about what's going to happen in the next Oh, for the next years five of, years of my life. Of your life, yeah. Well, this is a very different, completely different topic. Completely different topic. Let's talk about the first one. People okay. who don't want to know anything about the movie. Well, it's kind of... It's a it's a strange complex issue for people who market things cuz who market the movies because they want to give you information about the movie to make you want to watch it but these people already want to watch it. Yeah, I I pre- but they I would need to they, know that it exists. Well, I presume that they already want to watch it the maximum amount that it's possible to want to watch something, mm. right? So they're at peak want to watch and so not only could they not accommodate any more want to watch yeah. from any marketing or media information that would come in. Yeah. Or they would <laughs> I feel so sorry for your friend who switched off the podcast in front of the pottery <laughs> class after we were talking about long tits. Yeah. This, this podcast is not for public broadcast. Like, it's not for that. It can be. It's <laughs> Maybe we should do a, a version that's like all the bits that you can play in public. Anyway, this one, this bit would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're at maximum want to watch. They couldn't watch want to watch it anymore without like damaging their health, presumably. Or what I think it might be also is that they're at such they're at peak want to watch, mm-hmm. and watching anything else would actually make them want to watch it less. Like would yeah. dem- now bring them back, diminish them the amount to which they want to watch it. Well, you see, I wonder whether that's even possible because then. Because all they really want to do is watch it. Yeah. And so even if they do want to watch it less, they still want to watch it a ton. Yeah. They just don't want to have it ruined. So I think that, the, that, that maybe marketing companies should offer uh, a, a sort of a marketing sleeve, right? Yeah. And they send it to your house and it's got that the name of the movie's on there mm-hmm. and that it's going to come out, what date it's going to come out. And then it's kind of like a sleeping bag and you slide into it. And then you seal it up <laughs> like that, and then you stay, and then you it'll, and then it'll lock. Yeah. And then you stay in there until the movie comes out. Right. Yeah. And it and like it like a cocoon. Yeah. It sort of the end opens up and you emerge. Mm. Wh- maybe it has its in, own Wi-Fi at the cinema. Maybe like like you you zip your, you 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 zip go to maybe you 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 put yourself in this pod and yeah. it's like a kind of like suspended animation or sensory deprivation or something mm-hmm. like that, and mm. then like as soon as the movie's announced, you go into it, yeah. and then they drain all the fluid out or whatever the goo that you've been suspended it in, yeah. and you flop out all weak and like no uh, muscle mm-hmm. tone yeah. onto the floor of the cinema. You drag yourself into a seat and you watch the movie. Yeah, I guess it's a good way that some of these. Uh, companies could start making money that they don't, you know, because, you know, there's apparently, I mean, they always say that there's money going down, Mm. but it seems like Mm. movies are getting 
bigger budgets and blah, blah, whatever. But I think it's much more getting like consolidated. It's all about these big tent pole blockbusters. Tent pole. So about tent poles. Tent poles. Anyway, so the way that they, they make it, as soon as they announce it, they offer, they offer you a pod. Yep. They go in there. They hook something up to your ass. They hook something <laughs> up to your, mu- to your mouth like that, right? Yeah. And they put you into susp- suspended animation, but they keep you alive. And you basically are on a, a sort of a slow-moving conveyor belt that's slowly moving towards uh, the, you know, the, f- the front of the cinema. Mm. It gives you uh, tickets to the opening screening. Mm. Mm. And then, yeah, you flop out at the end. And then, but then you know, you've, you've just been pumped full of, of nutrients that, are, that, that maximize excitement yep. and enjoyment, brain clarity, things yep. like that, so that when you come out, no grogginess whatsoever, yeah, you're just right. out and then you're straight into the movie so that you don't have to endure any of the suffering that comes from being excited but having to wait. Anticipation, right? Anticipation. It, it, it's almost like, yeah, I can't wait for this movie to come out. Mm. You don't have to, right? Yeah. It's like no time will pass. Mm-hmm. I wonder like... You know, you, you you flop out and like maybe they yeah they hand you like your your preferred size of popcorn. Yep. It's 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 a it's it's a it's a heightened version of like gold class cinnamons or something. like Yeah, that. and possibly you don't have to also watch the movie with any of the scum that that aren't you know like that that, that wouldn't do this. Well, I think it would be quite funny to have those people there as well. Like for some reason, <laughs> but you're, you're then just sitting there sort of dripping with goo and then a whole bunch of people sort of come in and sit down next to you and mm-hmm. they don't really know what the movie is. And I, pi- I picture that you also don't have any eyebrows or hair left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something in the goo process removes all your hair and things like that. I think, I think this no eyelashes played out as like, one of those bits that would like be just like a puff piece in a, a show like you know Nine News mm. or or the Project or whatever, where it's like these fans are so excited for uh, the upcoming movie, the uh, Revenge of Gilgon, yeah. that uh, they've decided to have their bodies frozen and suspended in a mirror. Blah blah. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing it in that voice. That's okay. That's okay, Andy. Um, that's the kind of voice that they would do. I think yeah. maybe that's why it is. Um, yeah, but but also like the whole idea is that they don't want to have not only they don't want to have to feel anticipation, mm. but they also don't want to have anything ruined for them. So the mm. idea that they would go through all this mm. and then be in the cinema with just regular people who are idiots, yeah, who are just going to be like, whoa, yeah, like that. Uh, I guess is also it's a funny bummer for them. Yeah, yeah, funny bummer. Funny bummer. Um, um now, <laughs> or like you know. Some yeah, just whatever can happen for them to just like really quickly and efficiently have the movie ruined for them, or mm. then they like because they're still like that specific kind of movie nerd who just likes to hate things now because they're not as good as what they might have imagined they would be. Sure, but I mean, maybe this also removes that opportunity from yeah. from, from them to to, to hate. You don't it cause... even get to imagine it. Yeah, beforehand. If the companies could just uh, put a chip in your brain, yes, that that as soon as instead of announcing the movie, because I think even having the movie announced would be of some struggle to them. <laughs> instead, when when the movie is officially announced, if they pressed a button that just made them unconscious, yeah, wherever you, they you are. fall to the ground yeah. and a team comes to your house, yeah. 
collects you. <laughs> collects you, puts you in the goo, you wait in the goo until mm. you're flopped out, you, you come resume consciousness yeah. without even knowing that the movie was coming out and then suddenly you're watching the movie. You're watching the movie. So then then the the period of time in your life where you're actually just a regular human being yeah. is diminished and all you're doing really is is watching the movies that you want to watch. And I think maybe you could just give, you know, it's just a, a like a Marvel a Marvel universe sort of chip. Mm. And so that that way you've just accepted, you know, you're just signing a thing. It's like signing up for Netflix or whatever uh, that you just want. I want to see all of these things. Mm. Uh, and then they just take, you know, twenty three dollars a day from your from your thing while you're in the goo yep. in the goo tank. And then it's kind of in there. You know, in their best interest to keep making more and more, so that sure, at they some can point keep you in the goo tank yeah. between the films and yeah. Um, I guess as soon as the movie ends, they could trigger it again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, then you can dream about it. You know, which can be what, nice. in your tank. In your tank, I don't know if you dream. I guess that would kind of, could kind of ruin things. Mm. Yeah, I guess should, yeah. But I think the goo tank could be good though. I, I look, I, I love any sketch that involves a tank of goo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it opens some of that uh, steam uh, smoke sort of comes out. There's a flashing light. It goes beep beep, and also I think it, when, when, when you, you slide out thing. like that, I think it'd just be nice. This is just an added effect; doesn't really have anything. But if somebody just sort of towelled you down, yeah, they paint you down, yeah, towelled <laughs> you down. Like I think it's just it's a nice thing that normally you do for yourself, but. It just feels really nice when other people do it. Pat you down with a towel? Yeah, to dry you. I don't know that I've ever been patted down by it. Like it's it, well, except for when I was a baby. Well, even when you were like probably five or six, your parents probably mm, still patted you down. No, I, I patted myself down from a really early age. Really? Yeah. Is that just a thing you know about yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was a early early patted down adopter of the towel um is it is it to go to the other idea about would you watch a trailer for your own life mm. is that like like i guess get, to to ignore everything we said in the previous sketch about yeah. people who don't want to anticipate or don't want to have you know things spoiled for them in that way mm-hmm. um it, it, but one of the things that trailers and teasers and that sort of thing do do is that you know for the general population is increase excitement right yeah and they make you want to go and see something yeah so like would do you reckon you could edit a trailer for the next year or five years or whatever of your own life yep. that would make you really excited to live your life and be like oh wow and then like you'd live your life and you'd be like oh they really put all the good bits in the trailer, didn't they? Yeah, they really put all the best <laughs> jokes in there. Yeah. There was only really two jokes in the next five years. Um, yeah. I Look, I think I think it could only really lead to me being bummed out. Yeah, right. Um, but like, but if it was if, if it was effective and they they just gave a few little hints about some of the things that could happen. Yeah. And then you could um with that, and it's like it's it's not it's one of those good trailers that doesn't really give anything away. Okay. So it's not going to affect. It's not. It's not. It's not a paradox. It doesn't affect the course of reality or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just enough to get you excited. But then, like at some point, I see like I'm I'm dressed like a like like I'm in a SWAT team. Yeah. <laughs> and like and then oh, this is the scene from the trailer. Yeah, you go. 
I wonder what's happened in my life in the next five years for me to wind up in a yeah. SWAT team. Yeah. Maybe it's a Halloween costume. Maybe it's a. But yeah. maybe I've just completely changed careers. And you could do, you know, you do deconstructions, and there's, I guess, theories. They'd have to be fans of your own life to come fans up with of fan my life. theories. I guess that would happen with the with celebrities. You know, celebrities could mm. release. It'd be a big thing on Twitter. You release the the trailer for your next five years, mm. and people are like, "Oh my god, I wonder what's going to happen to Jim Hall, <laughs> the, the American jazz musician from." The, the 1900s. <laughs> He's released his his trailer. His trailer. Yeah. Do you think that like you could plan your life to such an extent that you would be able to film a trailer for your own life? Like this is in a slightly different kind of So this is where you, you you sort of after the fact. No, no, beforehand. You're like, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing over the next five years. So like you, a goals trailer. Yeah, you film a little, a few a few little scenes, you get some actors or whatever. I mean, this sounds like exactly the kind of product that you could sell to some people who are young entrepreneurs. Mm. And uh, like, it's like a self-help kind of idea. Yeah. Is that you're, you're, Instead you're, of a vision board, it's like a... It's a, it's a trailer board. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously... that. that that is also what you would call somebody who pictures their future. I mean, it's a vision board, but where they just want to pull a lot of stuff behind their car. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that could be confusing, but yeah. we'll get around that somehow. Mm. All right. A vision and trailer, maybe. Is, uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but then again, that could also. That could, could also... be a trailer that um, has hallucinations. And, yeah. Like a, that you tow behind a car, but that has hallucinations. Yeah. Or that you sees... have hallucinations in. Or about. Yeah. 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 So I mean if anything we've made it more confusing. I feel bad. Yeah. But like if you made that like you know what 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 do we get out of that Alison? Is there any kind of sketch in there? Well, yeah, yeah. I th- well, I mean it actually just seems like a genuine business idea. I mean, mm. like um because I think there's people who believe so strongly in the idea of setting goals and things like mm. that that they would probably be willing to spend 15, 20,000 dollars where you put them in different scenes, you know, walking up to a big, tall skyscraper. They look to the sky. Yeah. And they're wearing a suit and a briefcase. And, they, they, you know, you see them walking into, you know, some, you know, I don't know, accounting, large accounting, Ernst & Young. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody picking up a phone and saying, get me uh, Lisa Haverstash. Yeah. Like, it's, it's Lisa Haverstash's uh, trailer. Okay, yeah, she, yeah, she's, yeah. She's made to seem vital to... Yeah, or or it's a it's a it's a man who in his future hopes to have Lisa have a stash brought to him. Sure. He puts, so he puts that in his in his trailer. That's one of his goals is to either be the top of a business where mm. he can summon her, or to be her, or have a henchman. Summon. Sure. Yeah, sure. have henchmen. Um, and then and then you go ahead. You've made this trailer. Then you go ahead and you live your life. And then after five years, you're like. Oh, they really must have cut a lot of the scenes that were in the trailer out of the eventual edit of the film. Yeah. Of the life. Of the life. I mean, for you to be able to make it without them knowing, that would be the um, the ultimate, you know. So, like, how about this? Okay, so this is very similar to the yep. previous yep. idea where they, they kind of knock you out. <laughs> 
and they they use your body <laughs> to film a trailer based on they go through all your phones mm. and and everything you know all your mm. Google Docs and mm. your emails and things like that to figure out what you mm. want. How about this, right? Yeah. It's like your life, but you have a director for your life. So before you go into any room or to any location or meet with anybody, you have somebody that you can s- discuss your motivation with, what you're trying to get out of the scene mm-hmm. and what, you know, what your lines are or whatever like that. And then so your life stops being just a, th- a bunch of stuff that happens and has some kind of consistent authorial voice, like an, a, you know, a clear an, an stylistic and... Um, you know, narrative drive, yeah, you know, from an auteur. So you get, you get who's the who's the Godfather guy? Uh, Scorsese. No, 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 no. Francis no, no. Ford Coppola. Coppola. You get Coppola. You get Coppola. He's just making wine now. Yeah. Right? He could, he could use, you know, he could use a project. <laughs> making wine is not a valid project, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm insinuating, I suppose. Um, you go, hey, I got this proposition for you it's a it's about two three million bucks yeah. for over the next couple of years uh i just need a i just need an auteur to mm. to direct me and what yep. i'm doing and uh, for a sort of maximum uh entertainment value mm-hmm. out of my own life yep. but also emotional uh potency yep and uh, these, these are roughly the things that i would the directions I'd like to go to, and mm. um, so yeah, and he'd be telling you in a lot of scenes that you're going to go in, you're going to smash a table or something like that. You're yeah. going to get really angry. Yeah, I think th- I think that's really good. I think that'd be. A, I think this is a sketch. Okay, that you have a you hire a director for your own life to make it, you know, more watchable. I guess more interesting. Um, it's kind of like you know, with with a movie like. I think Justice League or what is it, mm. something like that, where they they had one director and then they they didn't like the direction that the when they saw the cuts they didn't like the direction the movie was going, so they brought someone else in to do a bunch of reshoots and that sort of thing. Yeah, this, but like up until this point, I've been self directed. Yeah, you know, and, and 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 it's much life like representing yourself in court. Yeah, and this is how people <laughs> sell it to you later on. They go. You you wouldn't represent yourself in court. You're not a you're not a lawyer. You don't have any training. You're an idiot. Um, yeah, kind of stuff. In the same way, you don't know how to direct a life. Yeah, right. And so, uh, you know, and 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 it's kind of hard to be both the main mm. actor in a ro- in a role and also the director of the thing. Yeah. Um, and I and I know Coppola has a has a thing where you know he gets a lot of the actors together before he makes a film and just gets them to cook together, you know, to create. Uh, a bond between them that he might want to be able to reproduce on on screen, and so maybe <laughs> really, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and so I bet he gets a free meal out of it as well. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's yeah. a big scam that he was in. The Godfather was really about Francis getting to eat some ravioli, getting Marlon Brando to make him <laughs> paella. Yeah. Spanish food for an Italian movie. Yeah. Um, that's what I like. That's why he's a complicated guy, and yeah. that's what you know comes through in his. In, I, I know his... I said the word paella, but in my mind I was saying calzone. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, that's 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 the complexity of you, Andy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, where was I going? Wait. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, and then but then he's also like, okay, so you guys, um, you know, I've kind of got a big plans for you guys in the in the future, so. Uh, you guys don't know each other right now, but I want to kind of create this bond because you guys are going to meet in about a year and a half. 
And uh, I want there to kind of be instant chemistry because uh, I want you guys, you guys are going to hit it off possibly in a kind of relationship type way. Yeah. Things like that. So uh, um, anyway, this is, let's let's make linguine. Great. Yeah. Here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a related but then another slight step from that idea, which is like rather than a director who sort of tells you what to do in, in your life, mm-hmm. you have sort of a and this is coming off the represent yourself in court sort of thing. You wouldn't represent yourself in court. So why should you rep yourself, re- represent yourself in like an argument with your sister mm-hmm. or a disagreement with a person at a sandwich bar yeah. or something like that? The idea that you would have with you at all times a personal arguer, mm-hmm. right? And maybe they're not a legal expert, but they are an argument expert. So they're... They're an expert at using all the kinds of arguments that you use in regular arguments or disagreements. Yeah. So like, oh, this is typical of you. Uh, you know. So they do it in a sort of a semi-legal, uh, I submit that this is typical of you. Sandwich uh, maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was at a sandwich bar. I didn't say it was necessarily with a sandwich bar maker. Sure. Well, the guy who makes the That's sandwich right. bar. That's right, yeah. I know. You've come in. Before they're even open, he's still screwing the Bain Marie together. Yeah. You're furious because the sign on the door said open. Said open. Yeah. And then your litigator steps in or your argue- argumenter <sighs> steps in. Maybe the door was open, but there was no sign. Therefore. Right. Well, it was implied. I put it to you that it was implied that it was open. When we walked in, mm. you signed a contract saying that you would provide sandwiches, having your sign up there that says uh, sandwiches for sale. I feel like we've had an idea on this podcast before, which was about something like this. We do often like have an app or something like that. Ideas where somebody steps in to live your life for you. That is true. Um, I wonder what that's about. But I do like this. So just this is uh, sorry. Then I'm 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 reverting back to the director idea, mm. where at some point, let's say the 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 director's got you sort of sneaking around somebody's house in the middle of the night yeah. using a screwdriver to break in. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, this is really exciting. Like that. Or like, I don't think this is something my yeah. character would do. And he's yeah. like, no, trust me, all right? Yeah. This is what we... He's know. in your ear, like he's in your ear just saying, yeah. go, okay, now break all the glass around the, around the side of the window and climb in and steal that dollhouse. Yeah. Like that. And then, you know, he gets you. And then I mean, you get arrested. Why am I doing this? It'll all become clear. Yeah, soon. There's going to be a big reveal at the end. You're building up to a big reveal. Imagine that. Your whole life, you don't even know why you're doing all this stuff. And then there's a big reveal at the the end and you're like, wait, I was his sister. I was was his sister. Uh, I think that's fine. Yeah, great. But that would be great if you found out that the whole time you were actually the other sex. Yeah, because there's never never really a twist in life. You don't ever discover really why you were doing stuff later on. Yeah. Unless maybe you did it while you were asleep. It's almost like I've got no structure whatsoever to yeah, what I'm doing, yeah. no plan. Where are the big reveals? Yeah, because you often plan your life for something good to happen, mm. but you never plan your life for something surprising to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you could sort of try to omit some information from your life. and In many ways, that's what these people who are trying to not uh, – to not know anything about a film before they go into it. They're setting and planning their life in such a way so that there is a big surprise. Yeah. And that is a movie. Whoa. The, the only big reveals are those people like Eric Clapton who find out that their sister was their mom. 
Did that happen to Eric Clapton? I think so, yeah. Wow. Or, like wearing a mask or something was, like that? Yeah. <laughs> she was wearing a mask the whole time. That's how she disguised herself as his sister. Yeah, and then he saw the strap there. And he's like, <laughs> he was like, wait a sec, your skin. Like, you know, because over time, the, like, the rubber <laughs> would start to wear. Mm-hmm. He's like, your Perish. skin's starting to perish. Like that. She's like, oh, at a certain age, we get to, Eric. Brother? My brother, Son? Eric. Uh. Uh, oh, no, my dementia's kicking in and revealing my me. Um... My dementia's kicking in. <laughs> but but I I, th- I think this personal personal arguer yeah to take over your your arguments and use use this, the, the 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 techniques of disagreements or whatever you know normal domestic arguments that you would have in could, a legal kind of way. Could it be called like your argument butler? Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Your argument valet? Valet. Or valet. Valet. Oh. Yeah. They take your guy away and they... No. Take your guy away. They take the person you're going to argue with and they... Take your guy away. My argument, valet. <laughs> uh, I've, I've lost it now. I'm yeah. Kinda... No, look. Hey, Alistair, there comes a time yeah. where we're just making noises and that's all right. Okay? Just sort of... Well, this sound sounds a bit like this sound. Yeah. Um, That's art, you know? It would be great if there was a, a sort of an alternative. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. ...world or just a country Mm. where we domesticated whales and we would ride on them. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I guess at some point you would have to have technology that allows you to breathe underwater and and so like even just scuba technology well, I think. well people kind of do that a bit with dolphins and stuff at sea world yeah right where they you know they'll stand on the back of two dolphins who'll swim along mm. which is amazing and crazy and that is awful to the dolphins maybe they love it maybe they love having a lot of human weight on their yeah, backs yeah i mean you know like when you feel that pressure on oh, if somebody stands on your back near your blowhole, yeah, yeah, it's like I said, it'd be kind of like somebody standing on your throat, yeah, <laughs> on the back of your Maybe throat. You love that, yeah. Um, but you know, like I guess there would be sort of, I guess, much like the horse industry, mm. uh, there would be like you know guys who go and break whales. Yeah. Well, then, would this work in like a? Would you have to be like a canal kind of a city, like Venice or something like that? Where instead of the people who do the horse rides up and down the streets of Melbourne, you know, in a carriage, mm. you, there'll be somebody clinging to the back of a whale who comes along one of the canals and the whale flops up out of the canal and you see them, they emerge out of the water and say, a romantic uh, whale ride uh, for Valentine's Day? Yeah. 
I suppose that would be the, probably, you know, I guess in the end, a lot of these things have to kind of be cheapened through co- their commerci- commerciality. Yeah. It's not enough to just have a, an animal companion. Does the whale have blinkers on or something like that so that it can't be distracted? Well, I guess if it's just walls of the canals. Mm. I guess in, in this scenario where, where they would require that is that there'd be a lot of motorized, ve- like, water vehicles mm. around that mm. would startle them. Skidoos. And, make, them, and make them dive. Yeah. I mean, if there was skidoos just sinking all over the place, because they're the snow one, right? <laughs> be really distracting. That we probably would require blinkers. Um, it's like a canal city. Yes. But up until the point of the canal, it's all snow mountains. Wow. So it's like a... <laughs> so what, the canal's not... But they're not frozen over. No, the canal's are heated. Yeah, well, they're, they, they, they come in... It's actually... It's actually... They're very high canals. They go... The, <laughs> the walls go up about... 200 meters. Yeah, okay, right. And so but, to so above the snow line. To, to, well, no, no, they, they, they go to above the water line. And so it's just very tall walls. And then at the top of the wall, it's just like it's a mountain incline that just meets straight away. And it's just chairlifts at the, be- at the beginning that take you up to the top yeah. of chalets. And this and is a city. This is a city. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, a, it's an example of human ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where we're like, well, they thought that this landscape was would have been impossible to domesticate, and yet, look at this perfectly functioning city we've built. I mean, sure, the occasional skidoo plunges into a canal, <laughs> but don't worry, we've put blinkers on the whales' aisle, <laughs> yeah, right? so that they don't get startled. Uh, this is one of the worst urban planning. I know, but what an I've achievement! Cutting down to make these canals and just mm. bring the the ocean in because it has to be connected to the ocean. Mm. But you know what would be the best thing at that at this at this uh, in this um, nightmare land at this nightmare? No, it would be a wonderful land. Sorry, the, yeah. the the very rich. It's it's in Switzerland, I think. Yeah, oh, it's one of those Danish things. It's, yeah, it's a Danish thing. Or it's something. very sustainable, apparently. And everybody eats surf and turf. For every meal, where's the turf? Well, they're mo- they're mountain cows. Yeah, but they're not on any turf. They're all standing on glaciers. It's more like uh, heat lamps, ice and mice, ice, ice and mice. You think it'd just be like you'd eat ice? Oh, no. uh, ice and slice. Ice. I guess like you could eat seal, snow and flow, snow and flow, snow and flow. So it's sort of like mountain goat and whale. river whale, river ri- canal whale. Canal whale. All right, Alistair, Andy, write it down. It's not a sketch idea. It's not a sketch idea. No, I, I, I had something at the, at the start of that, but uh, fell away. Like, uh, you know. D- domesticating the whales. Wow, I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Domesticate a whale. The, the, the blue whale is so enormous. Yeah. That oh, you'd have to, would you have to breed a small one or something? Like I don't that? think so. No, I think the idea would be. I think, like, you know, instead of, like, a, a sort of pen like we normally have for horses, mm. which is really a two-dimensional pen. Yeah. I mean, like, the fence has a certain width to it, uh, height to it. I mean, obviously, it has some width, but it's the height that's really important so that the, the horse doesn't jump over and run yep. away. But I think with this, you would need kind of a large sort of 3D mm. sort of pen uh, that would be 
you know, of a certain volume that mm-hmm. allows the whale to, to you know, thrash around and mm-hmm. kind of move around. And then in the middle is just a guy with a, I don't know, just a lasso or a, mm-hmm. some fishing line. And he, and he knows how to sort of move it through the water to kind of break a whale. Break a whale. Yeah. I mean, Alistair, if you think this can be filmed, uh, if you think that we can produce this on a reasonable budget, you know, Australian Screen Australia funding, um, then... Uh, Do you think I, it I could think be done with plasticine? Could be done with plasticine. Maybe. Yeah. I'll and talk, some, to, and talk some, to a stop-motion animator. And some blue cellophane... Maybe for for the water could be the water, you know. Is there anything in a uh, in a because because you know plasticine you can uh, you can mold it and you can stop motion it to make it look like uh, people. Is there anything in uh, being able to uh, get people to uh, act and behave in such a way and film them in such a way that they look like plasticine, Alice? Like blocks of plasticine. It sounds like a great kids' show, um, yeah. you know, like a live stage show. Yeah, it's probably dance because I think that's the only way. You know, it's like I think I think it's it's up to the dancers to figure out how you move like plasticine would move. Mm. Um, Not at all, I presume. Sure, but what if you're made to look like a claymation style thing? Yeah. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, and then, but, uh, but then you also do have to kind of like deform your body to a certain extent. Yeah, to get those weird effects and Mm. be able to extend your arm. It's it's starting to sound impossible. It's starting to sound about as achievable as your three D whale pen, whale breaking idea. Oh, it's just look. That was they're both they were both just starting points. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. That's fantastic, Alistair. Well, that's that was the idea, is that they are both fantastic, quite a fantastical idea. Fantastical. Ideas. Yeah. Um, I, uh, is, is, there, is, there, is there a something about SeaWorld as being like a model, like they, they, did, they did originally start it as like this is, this is what the world could be like if we worked with aquatic animals, like the vision, whoever it was, the, mm. the, the eccentric person who started SeaWorld yeah. was was sort of a pioneer who wanted society to be like that. Yeah, to, to be SeaWorld. And uh, it was like their vision of like an, a utopia in which we work together with orcas Whales and, and, and dolphins, dolphins and seals. seals. Yeah. Which are... The closest thing to brethren, I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I may, maybe the person was very interested in the uh, lost city of Atlantis. I mean, but then the lost city of Atlantis was lost because it did. It wasn't always under the ocean, right? Right. Is that the idea. Right. Yeah. I assume. So then, I guess back in the day, it's not. So it's not that it will, there was a, an underwater society there. That is correct, Alistair. Yeah. There wasn't an underwater society there. Right. Well then, maybe that's not a good. That's not a good viable. Uh, it's 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 an amazing thing to go from. There was a city that mm. sank under the 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 waves yeah. to the sort of the modern perception that we often have of Atlantis, where people are somehow breathing and living underwater. Yeah, like the 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 leap that it takes to get between those two things. 
yeah, to something, some place that was kind of permanently flooded. Yeah. And then people have, have somehow evolved or developed technology to be able to breathe under the ocean. Yeah. I guess like that, that would be like a sort of like a modern town. Let's say like, you know, Texas went through that. Somewhere, somewhere in Texas there was that flood maybe last year. Right. Yeah. But, it's, you know, it's like water up to your sort of just above your knee. And then, think... and, and then taking that, but then picturing them as being sort of sea creature up to just about their knee. Oh, yeah. Or like their, yeah, just, you know, their ankles were starting to evolve. I think that's funny hmm. yeah. in that, like, because so, they interview, there's been this flood in this town, mm. right? And they interview the mayor, mm. right? And the mayor's like, well, we've got, you know, we've got two options. We could spend, you know, the $1.5 billion it takes to, um, to, drain all this water, yeah. restore all the facilities. Or we could look at the writing on the wall, okay, and say that these kinds of events are only going to become more and more pop- common, mm-hmm. water levels are going to rise, and yep. we could just make the hard decision now that we're going to Atlantis this shit. Yep. And our current plan is for our population to evolve to become aquatic yeah, and so we'll start with our ankles. So we'll start yeah. small, up to our ankles. Yeah, um, sort of, sort of that that kind of like green spotty skin. Yeah, like like uh, kind of like frogs. Yeah, kind of like frogs or anything kind of a bit amphibious. Grip a bit better in the in the water. Grip, give them give them that kind of like mm. ability to sort of climb trees a little bit better. Yeah, which we we can go up there. We can start laying our eggs, and that'll be the next part. We'll start laying eggs. Uh, sort of in mud. Maybe if you can, you know, our our ultimate goal is to be able to be completely immersed in mud and, and yeah. be able to sort of breathe. I think I think that's great. And then there can be like various different working groups from the council, from City mm. Hall who come out and try and help people to learn to do that. Yeah. So they get together a group. There's The, the working group's going to be coming to uh, this, this neighbourhood uh, on this date and they'll be running elementary courses in mud nest. Mud nesting. Mud nesting and um, uh, fly catching and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and sort of how to, how how to use your ears like gills. Yeah, well, yeah, de- yeah, and we we're we're working on getting the community. And I, I like the mm. idea that most of the communities on board with this idea, like they're quite positive about it. Yeah, I'm just well, I'm just glad they're doing something. Yeah, and <laughs> just you know, a couple of holdout old. Men and women that yeah. just are like, I'm not leaving my house and moving into some mud. I'm not giving up the my legs. My yeah, my earth, my earth like quality. Yeah, my my earthbound quality. I'm just gonna build use some sandbags. They're from Texas and they're they've got yeah. an Australian accent. Yeah, they're, some, they're, they're holdouts. Holdouts. They're holdouts. Yeah. And then there becomes a there comes a bit of a division in the city, and they're sort of maybe shouting at each other, you know. And then there's like a. An, an an inter, you know, it's not like not like a race war, but it's no. <laughs> it's sort of you know aquatic or amphibious versus terrestrial, yeah, sort of war. And for some reason, the the amphibious people have kind of really taken to it, and they've mm, they've added quite. they've added little triangles to the top of their pitchforks, so they they look more like tridents. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to you know. Make the most of a bad situation. Mm. <laughs> sure. I mean, look, if you want to give up mm. and just keep living in that house, Jesus, 
Like a lot of us are still living in our houses. We're just uh, accepting the mud and silt mm. as a, as a new part that we can uh, embrace, rather than feel angry all the time at 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 its build up in our in our bathrooms and kitchens. Do you kitchens. think that, like younger people would be more likely to get on board with the new semi aquatic lifestyle? Yeah, and the uh, the and it's the older people who are sort of holding out and a bit judgmental about it. Yeah, I definitely think yeah, that's you know people are stuck in their ways, and I think mm. our you know the the younger generations are more used to change. Ironically, they're real stick in the muds. That's right. Yeah. Whereas we are actually in the mud. We're actually in the mud. Yeah. Living in it. But we're not stuck because no. we, we're we're move. They're stuck because they're actually refusing to move. Yeah. Refuse to move in the muds. Refuse um, to move in the muds. Yeah. Maybe they walk around on stilts or something like that, splashing through the water. Don't want to go in it. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I, think, maybe, I think that's something. And, and maybe there's another part of the town that decides to find ways to just hover all the time so that they're just, they become air creatures. Yeah. Creatures of the air. Yeah, great. And so they, they move their houses higher or, or they move up in into, trees. into the trees. Yeah. yeah. And and there's huge there's huge advances in sort of treehouse technology, find ways of sort of you know getting rid of loose branches so that you can have a kind of landing area. Do you like, think that they sometimes swoop down and will snatch one of the people out of the water and take them away to their trees to eat them? Or yeah, yeah, eat them and uh, and maybe like turn them into their own. Then mm. the other ones start. You know, creating completely underwater caves and nests mm. so that they can protect their young from, mm. um, from the from the sky folk. But then this is yeah, like this is all happening under like the kind of the guidance of the council, the mm. clear decisions, and they're having town hall meetings and that sort of thing. <laughs> People are starting to look more like like the beasts that they. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's. But I think it's also all. It's not really evolution, right? It's no. all just stuff that they've sort of stuck on their own yeah, yeah, faces yeah. or something because that's what we're doing. Well, they, they, they the find by, going by, in. by sort of putting like more triangular sharp shapes over their faces, yeah. they can cut through the wind a bit better, like these, these airborne ones. Yeah. And the other ones are just kind of always have a bit of silt over them and the slime mm. that kind of protects them from the sun and things like that because they're always out. The coldness of the water. The or coldness of the water, yeah. Yeah. We've had a bit of backlash since we made the decision to pursue an Atlantis-style uh, approach to uh, water and environmental management. Well, they kind of become a wetland society. Yeah. Where, where yeah, um, you know, and so then they, they just, I mean, this is not through any... Uh, explicit thing, but they do just start taking over all of those uh, ecological niches mm. that 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 uh, are in there. So then, there's some people who start living kind of more like capybaras or whatever those capybaras things. And so well, they the live world's in, largest rodent. Yeah, and they live start living in kind of like tall grass and just resting there. And they kind of grow grow their hair a little mm-hmm. bit more using kind of like reverse laser hair technology, laser hair remover removal technology, and mm-hmm. get uh, you know, I guess. These are people who who have those clinics that allow you to get your hair back when you're balding. Well, they decide to use that to go uh, all over the to body. go all over the body so that they don't burn and they can sort of just live over tall grass and never experience 
uh, cool or warmth, just at a com- constant state of comfort. Yeah, like you know, we achieve with clothes. Like we achieve with capybaras yes. or whatever they're called. I think that's something, Alistair, and I think that's actually five sketches, yep. ideas. Uh, Do you want to take us through them yep. so we can hear what we came up with? Yep, so we have uh, Not My Shit, just somebody who believes that the thing that came out of their ass was not their shit, um, and then they think that there's been some kind of uh, rectum swap throughout the mm-hmm. night and a sort of maybe possible Freaky Friday-style lightning yeah. strike. Um, they post photos online uh, to kind of find who it belongs to and possibly so that they can track down their own. Uh, a doctor tells them that it's actually probably just a change, the change in diet that they recently had that had that. Yeah. Some faceless man <laughs> comes out with a uh, briefcase full of money and a tape recorder that says, says thank you for your, your cooperation. cooperation. <laughs> uh, and then somehow from that, this person, I guess, seems unsatisfied there is a kind of rev- resolution where they do get their own shit back in a sort of ziploc bag mm. and they put it in the toilet and flush it Alistair, that's very impressive it is a short film your ability to remember all the details of that blew me away i, I was it was almost like i'd been in that spoiler situation from the next one because mm. i was actually surprised by some of the twists and turns yeah. in that tale that we came up with together i'd be willing to uh, storyboard this pretty soon i'll find where that missing chunk with that what goes in that missing chunk and i think we'll have it we'll get it pretty soon one of the ways that you could even like because very often once you start watching a movie mm-hmm. you sort of see the narrative unfolding yep. and you uh, you could sort of like predict from the conventions of narrative and also just from the causal relationship between the actions of the people in the movie, yep. you can see sort of what's going to happen next, even in just like a you know a second-to-second basis. Yeah. Like if a rock is rolling towards the edge of a cliff, you're able to say, oh, I reckon that's going to fall down. Yeah. Whereas if you had uh, something in your mind so that you were, had no longer any short-term memory, you yeah. would no longer be able to make those connections. And so every single frame of the film would totally take you by surprise. And so you wouldn't even be given the spoilers of, you know, mm. logic or cause and effect. Wow. Or if you, any understanding of the rules of continuity or, 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 or the laws of physics and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Constant state of surprise, which I believe is at some point some religion that we came up with. That's right. <gasps> Um, we got the no anticipation pod for, let's say, Marvel-type movies or something like that where people mm. who don't want to have anything I was spoiled. picturing Star Wars the Star entire Wars, time. obviously, is another, um, you know, and that, that's what we can do now that there's these huge uh, infinite franchises yeah. um, where you potentially, when, when the movie name is released, uh, a, a chip in your brain that you've accepted to have in there mm-hmm. switches you off, you get... Picked up and put into a like a slimy pod mm. uh, where, you, where you're immersed in booze and up booze <laughs> in slime, uh, and 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 have a, a you know a tube in your mouth and one in in uh, out, out your sort of out, out holes in your out holes mm-hmm. uh, to and then you're just fed and kept in the dark but it, you know in a suspended animation type thing until the first screening where you are fl- sort of slid out of your sack. 
and uh, patted down with towels by other people, and the, then you the, watch the, the film. The, the pre- like so much of my enjoyment of this sketch is from the precise nature of that goo. And now that you say sack, I kind of like the idea that mm. within the pod there's some goo, and then within that goo there's like a sack, almost like an amniotic sack that you're then within, and then inside that there's a further type of goo. <laughs> so they open the pod, the outer goo. Uh, pours out onto mm-hmm. the floor, you flop out in your sack. They yeah. have to, like, get a big knife and cut that open, <laughs> and then that goes yeah. out, and then they, then you're pulled out of that inner sack. Yeah, I don't think that, that the release from the sack is that dissimilar from a giraffe being born. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're hairless, and then you watch the film, yeah. and then potentially you're just zapped straight away and then put straight back into this... Sack and I think, and I think this could be presented so satisfactorily as one of those puff pieces, like that they would do, like about these people are already queuing up for mm. the new Star Wars movie or the new iPhone yeah. or whatever it is. Absolutely, yeah. Um, then we got hire a director for your own life. Um, you get you get Coppola on board. Mm. Say, I I don't really like the direction that I've been going with my own life, and mm. I think it would kind of be I could maximize sort of emotional and blah blah. blah. To be honest, if you're bored with your life, this is exactly your problem, is that you're not a good director and you probably shouldn't be in charge. A bit directionless. A bit directionless. And potentially what you could do is just, I mean, you know, like sort of a a less expensive version of this would just be swapping, say, I'm going to direct, you know, somebody you meet, maybe somebody you put out on on Craigslist or something like that. You go, I'm looking for a director, but I'm also looking to do, I don't have any money, I'm looking to do a director swap. Yeah. And then you just direct each other's lives. Yeah, great. For a year or two years yeah. or something. Take it in turns. Take it in turns, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I guess the problem would be if you were doing it simultaneously, you could sort of direct them to direct your life in a certain way. Sure. But, uh, yeah. So are you saying that's the problem? That's why doing it simultaneously wouldn't work? Well, it yeah, could I, work, I, but, I, but, you know. Yeah, I can see that there's some conflict of interest kind of issues there. And it might not be the best product at the end of the day. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um but it will save you money. Mm. Um, argument valet, which is a person who will step in for you uh, at, at all points in your life. This is uh, based on the idea that you're not the best person to argue for yourself or represent yourself in court. Yep. Um, well, why just have a, a lawyer for court? For court, why not have somebody for any kind of conflict in your life? Yeah. To get you the best out of all situations. Yeah. Just a, a real hardball, like. Mm. You know, mm. it could be it could even be like a union leader, an out of work union yeah. leader who's just yeah. looking for ways of just getting more for you. And they're not prepared. They're not ashamed to go low or play the man or whatever rhetorical techniques mm. they can employ to get the best outcome. Threaten your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have a flood plan to evolve a city. So so yeah the 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 plan the flood plan is to evolve the city to evolve the people in the city to more aquatic creatures or potentially other evolutionary niches yeah uh, and so that you're you, you kind of get a bit of a wetlands society yeah possibly in um, some town in Texas yeah and this is all coming from city hall it's all coming from city hall really I just want a sketch in which we can use the word city hall yeah. a lot yeah because town, uh, town meetings oh. which we don't get any town meetings in our, yeah. In our town, and then I've realized that we also need to do one of our Patreon 
Oh, did someone give us three words? They gave us three words. We have Daniel Pierce. I love who this. Gave us three words. This is fast becoming my favorite part of the podcast. Well, there you go. Look, and while we're here, I should, I should, um, I should name some people who've donated money to the oh, Patreon and thanks say thank some you. Patreon people. Um, well, I've got Daniel Hooks, uh, Daniel Pierce. It says here Curtis Brennick. It says one dollar deleted, but I don't know whether th- that was that they removed one thing or whether they're completely gone. Either way, at some point they were involved. Curtis Brennick, thank you. Yeah, great. Uh, Daniel Hooks, thank you. Uh, Daniel Pierce, thank you. Sam Evans, thank you. Sancho Panda, thank you. Sancho. Uh, Sancho interacts with us a lot on Twitter as well. Yeah, so thank so you, Sancho. Thank you all for that. And also, so does Daniel Hooks, I believe. Look, yeah. and everybody. Who I don't sometimes maybe people don't go by their regular name on yeah. Twitter, and so maybe I'm not thanking them. So thank you for everybody who who, who interacts with. Are us you going to read out every single Patreon supporter? Oh, well, this look, this one goes back to December, where Alan Dennett. I do think I've already thanked Daniel, uh, Alan Dennett, and then we got yeah. Carl Lundberg. I do remember saying that, and then we got Better in Bed. I don't think I remember ever thanking a Better in Bed. No, but thank you, thank you, Better in Bed. Uh, thank you. Steve Hacklin, thank you, James Rowe, thank you, Emma Sharp, thank you, Finlay Williams, uh, thank you, Jack Henderson, thank you, Nico Oxman, thank you, Alan Clarkson, thank you, Jason Ballard, thank you, Curtis Brennick. Again. Oh, there's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was when he pledged. <laughs> uh, thank you, Burt Goldsmith. Okay, and, you, and, and people who Jason support the podcast, Ramsaran. just so you know, that in the future, we won't be reading it out when you take away your support. <laughs> All right? that was that's, that's happened this one time. And look. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's expected. It's even encouraged. Yeah. Because taking away a, a pledge is, is, is still a form of interaction. Yeah, and we'll take anything. Absolutely, and we're thinking about uh, at some point soon potentially starting to do uh, an episode that is only Patreon. That's right. Dedicated and for some level, a of few Patreon. exciting things coming up for Patreon supporters. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna really expand our offering. Yeah, because <laughs> I think we're you know we're not offering much, but we're offering this three word thing so far, and uh, and so that and, that, and there's been some take up on that. People are loving the yeah the, the three word. And People are loving it apparently. Yeah. So what is the three words that we've got on? But this just occasion? just to uh, for anybody who may have sent in their three words and I, we haven't we, got to you we yet. haven't got to you. Do remind us in case that has happened. Okay. So Daniel Pierce's three words are platypus, commercial, and waffles. <laughs> I mean, congratulations for the sheer range of those words. Well, yeah. Well, look, by putting two of them together, mm-hmm. uh, we could get either commercial platypus or okay. commercial waffles. Yes. Um, well, commercial platypus ties into a thing that we've done a lot before about how, uh, uh, or we've talked about a couple of times on mm-hmm. the podcast about how endangered species, different ones, are struggling to get the coverage. But I feel like the platypus itself is actually getting quite good coverage in terms of people wanting to support the platypus and its endangered status because it's, it's such an iconic and weird and interesting animal. Yeah. Um, another thing mm-hmm. is that platypuses are a bioindicator. So they're one of those species where you can look at their success in an ecosystem and that'll tell you about the overall health of the ecosystem because they uh, sure. occupy a place in, the food, place in the food chain where if things are going badly, the health of platypuses is, is very often affected quite quickly mm-hmm. and severely by changes and pollution and that sort of thing. So potentially you could use them uh, 
not only for sort of bio indicating, but maybe for sort of as a commercial indicator, you could put them, say, in your waffle house. <laughs> and if they thrive, then that's a good way of knowing that your waffle house is doing well. Yeah, I, I think that's really great. Like, because how about this? Because they, are very, you know, there's there's health um, inspectors who come around and inspect your mm-hmm. uh, your premises premises to see whether or not, like, and they'll look. Are there any rats? Yeah. Right. And very often, rats in in the uh, in the kitchen is treated as a bad thing. Yeah. Right. But what they're not, what they're neglecting is that at least rats can survive in there. Yeah. Right. Like, if all the rats mm-hmm. in there were dead. Yeah, that actually might be more of a concern because what that's telling you is that that is not a healthy environment. It's really if they bad. come into your commercial kitchen and you have a thriving wetland. Yeah, if you have platypuses mm-hmm. and kingfishers swooping and diving and frolicking, all based off of the waffles that you drop off on the ground. Yeah, whatever it is, that's telling you that is a really healthy kitchen. That's right. Yeah, and it, and it's kind of one of those. It's a different way of being clean. Like you can mm. you can be sterile and clean, sure, or you can have a healthy type of bacteria and and uh, yeah. living creatures yeah. such as uh, a whole sort of you know hawk uh, platypus type uh, ecosystem, a small river sift- ri- river system, yeah, going in the overflow from the dishwashing station mm-hmm. across down past the uh, the Sioux salads. Yeah, and uh... and you know, and I and I think I've seen a thing maybe in National Geographic's where when they reintroduced predators to a kitchen floor. Okay, that's 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 really interesting because you've got the rats. That's that's what the problem is because the rats is mm. uh, that's not a balanced ecosystem. No, right? It's just a rat, and yep. so, so you've got prey, but you've got no predators. Yes. So possibly wolves. Wolves. Yeah, I think. I mean, it seems like that's the you know they're the noblest of the predators. Um, the, you know, because they're loyal, but also yeah, you know, they they work together. Yeah, and they're they're quite pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you get a functioning ecosystem, obviously, including, mm. and they might even divert the direction of the taps. <laughs> well, the beavers once they start. You know, building dams in mm. the. I mean, it's 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 complicated. We've got quite a small kitchen. I imagine a lot of the kitchens I've worked in have been quite small. Well, this this could kitchen. change how kitchens are made. Right. Yeah. That more kitchens like an open be... range kind of a thing. Yeah, and so that you don't eat sitting at a table either. Maybe you're in a sort of a, on 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 a, in a log? jeep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, log possibly like a floating log. Mm. If if there's enough for us to get like a whole forestry industry in there as well Mm -hmm. that's a pretty good kitchen it's a sort of a more holistic approach to cleanliness yeah Um, because because it you know the rats also they are eating scraps mm. right which is good in that it's like it's clearing up that they're clearing up the detritus they're like scavengers but you need the rest of it to keep the rat population in check yeah well, and also when you use sort of a commercial cleaner on your floor, right, it's something that kills everything. It's essentially the god flood of yeah. of, uh, of answers that, that, you know, at the, at the end of every day, God floods the ground and mm. just murders everything there because he's unhappy with the quality of the floor. Yeah. And then you start again every day like that. But this one is a kind of a, it's a much more healthy and... Uh, especially morally healthy. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, another approach would be to introduce a kind of a rat Jesus who mm. uh, tries to save or, you know, change the ways of the rats. Yeah, that's true. Um, lead them on a better path. That maybe rather than, or like a kind of like a Buddha rat, that rather than uh, uh, going and stealing scraps, that they just kind of stand at the edge of the kitchen and beg for scraps. Yeah, like a Buddha rat. Um, so, so anyway, so I think that's that sketch idea. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you very much, you, very much, uh, Daniel Pierce. Um, I'm just gonna write. I'm gonna write down. Like I think that that, that counts as a sketch idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, there's the, man. There are some there are some bloody hallmarks of some bloody two classic two in the think tank thinking in that sketch. We love a good ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> we love a we love a Jesus. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, we love a, a, animals doing the jobs of something or yeah. instead of a yeah. whatever. Anyway, thank you. You brought you brought out the best in us, uh, Daniel Pierce. Yeah. Um, and boom, 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 um, Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. We uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, we are a part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. You yes. can listen to so many great other podcasts such as The Weekly Planet, uh, Do Go On, Auntie Donna. <laughs> Don't You Know Who I Am? Don't You Know Who I Am? Filthy Casuals. Serious Casual, Issues. Serious, serious Issues. Um, the Dum Dum, Little Dum Dum Club. Yep. Um, uh, uh, some Will Anderson podcasts. Yes, Tofop. Tofop. Uh, Steel Wars. Yeah. Other, and others, yeah. guys, um, uh, all much more successful than us. Yes, human so, ordering. So feel happy to just abandon us and go to them <laughs> because that's how generous we are <laughs> with our listenership. Yeah. Um, if you love something, let it go. And uh, and we do love. And we do love. Yeah. Well, we're but, going to say that at the end, though. A bit later. But, uh, and you can, if you choose, if you don't want to go though, or even if you do want to go and you want to give us a gift before you leave, you can support us on Patreon. On Patreon. Two in Think Tank slash Patreon. Uh, no. The other way around. Patreon.com slash Two in Tank. That's it. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and then on Twitter, I'm at AlistairTB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. And we're both at Two in Tank for the pod. And we'll be doing a show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival called the Andy Matthews and Alastair Tremblay Virtual Sci-Fi Sketch Experience. Yes. And uh, if you're in Melbourne or Australia or the world and you have a huge amount of disposable income or maybe even some, some miles, if you've got miles. Yeah, if you've got some, some flight flying miles. We would love those miles so we can go on a trip. Yeah. Um, or you could come and see the show. Um, and... Uh, going to be a lot of fun it's yeah. coming together some of the ideas that you will recognize from the pod and then and other... some of them have taken quite interesting directions yeah interesting and uh we love, love you. you and thank you george for producing the podcast thank you so much george this podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates it's not optional you have to do it <laughs> We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.